even specifically for a brand, I think the number one mistake they make is really just talking about like this sale that dropped or this product or, or just the actual service they provide instead of giving us the underlying value of what they're all about. I think we as a society really want the veil kind of taken away and we want to know who we're interacting with and where they come from and why we should buy in not only as the, the service or the product but as the brand and who they are as people. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 117 and I'm your host Rachel Anthony. As you can tell, I am still recovering from jaw surgery, but I have only three more weeks until they take the splint out and then I will no longer have this stupid lisp. So you got to deal with my voice right now. I apologize. It will be back to normal very shortly. So today's interview is with Megan. She is one of my friends and she is the founder of Social Integrity, which is a social media management and coaching business. She's empowering entrepreneurs to create a signature online presence by understanding their value and brand. In this episode, we talk about social media strategy and personal branding. Megan shares her experience with both and the journey that has led her here. She gives her top tips, tricks, and advice for establishing an online presence, why consistency is so important, and why everyone should focus on storytelling first, selling second. We chat about mindset, imposter syndrome, and how to show up as an expert in your niche without feeling like a fraud. This is a great episode. There's so many tidbits of information in there. I know you're going to really love it. So let's jump into it. Here is Megan. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. I am sitting here virtually with Megan. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to start with just introducing yourself and give us a little background on who you are and what you do? For sure. So my name is Megan Krepikevich and I am a social media strategist and coach. Um, I'm moving more into the coaching zone of things. That's where my passion is. So I share a bunch of content on habits and really just going after your best ultimate life, like going for gold. It's kind of my jam. (laughs) I love that. And how did you end up in this space? So in marketing, social media, online coaching, can you walk us through that journey? Yeah, for sure. So I actually started out um, in makeup. I've always been very passionate about makeup. I went to makeup school. I thought that was like going to be my thing. So I started out on social media, just doing makeup tutorials and sharing makeup looks. And then I ended up just having um, a collaboration with a spa and in talking to the spa manager, we were just like, yeah, like social media is a lot of work. I had no idea. And I kind of saw, it was like one of those aha moments and I kind of saw the light and I was like, you know, I'd be really happy to help you out if you'd like with your social media. Um, And she was like, I would love that. And so that kind of started the the spark of like the social media management, which is still a big portion of what I do. Um, But that kind of led me to looking into mentors and finding different clients and in working with a mentor, that was where I was like, okay, I think I can help people even on a deeper level than creating the content and managing it for them and really helping them get clear on their story and bringing that to life and just helping them in that process, I guess the best way to explain I love that. And I think it is, there is a difference between managing someone's account, just because I know, because obviously I'm in social media too, but, but having somebody else use their actual voice for their account, I think Mm -hmm. 
that there's a lot of value in that. And I find I won't take clients that want their personal accounts run or that's a very personal business because I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you need to speak with your own voice. Like I can't do anything, totally. but yeah. like you're doing, you're like, I'll help you do it, but then mm-hmm. they can go ahead and do it. So yeah. I really appreciate and understand what you're, you're doing for people. Thanks. <laughs> and we'll definitely dive deeper into creating a strategy and building a brand, but overall, what are the three mistakes you see people making with their social media strategy just in general? Yeah. So I think in terms of like the big picture, I think really everything comes back to storytelling. And I think that that the downfall of that kind of everything else spirals with it. So for one thing, being super consistent is obviously very important, but I think if you're working into telling a story, then you have to be consistent. And in terms of not only just how often you show up, but what you're talking about. And so if you lose that storytelling aspect, I think you kind of lose everything else. So even specifically for a brand, I think the number one mistake they make is really just talking about like, this sale that dropped or this product or, or just the actual service they provide instead of giving us the underlying value of what they're all about. I think we as a society really want the veil kind of taken away and we want to know who we're interacting with and where they come from and why we should buy into them not only as the brand or the service, or sorry, not only as the, the service or the product, but as the brand and who they are as people. So I think that just is like underlying in everything that we do online. Totally. And I think that people might be overwhelmed when they hear like storytelling because they don't really Mm -hmm. understand what that means from a brand perspective. Like you said, people Mm -hmm. just want to say like what they're selling or what they offering or, and they just want to keep repeating that. And it's, that's not the connection that people have when Mm -hmm. picking a product or service that they want to purchase or follow or whatever it is they're doing. And so Mm -hmm. definitely the storytelling is a huge part. And for people with their personal brand or businesses, where should they start when trying to develop their story online? Like, do you have any advice for that? Totally. So I think the number one thing is really getting into the mindset of who you're trying to help. I think we often come to things as who we are as a business and we're like, oh, I do this. Or you get a course that's X amount long and it like, that's not what's meaningful to people. They want to understand like, what is the result that I get? What do I get out of being here? And so really thinking of it, like what's in it for them and how can you best connect with them on a real level? So getting into their mindset of like, who are they? Are they even things like, are they working in nine to five and they're really busy and they need help with this end result? Are they super into spirituality? Like what type of person are you trying to connect with? And that's the other thing too, I think with social media in general is like, we want people who really connect with us on a deep level. It's not really like a, we want it all. You can't be everything to everyone. So I think the more specific you are in knowing who you're actually speaking to and who you're trying to connect with, the better you'll be able to build that story because you're not trying to make it for the whole world. You're making it for that particular person or type of person in mind. Totally. And do you suggest people like write this down, like go through like a, not like a workshop, but like a step-by-step process to come up with this? Totally. Yeah. Like there's so many templates and that's something that I can always help out with too, is just like a breakdown of like, who are these people? What habits do they have? 
even things like what type of um, what type of technology do they like? You know, if they're an older group of people, then maybe they're more apt to having phone calls over emails or texts. And you can kind of start to insert your messaging in different ways, depending on that personality. Um, sorry, that didn't really answer your question, but uh, there's lots of uh, templates that you can use for like a customer persona or your audience persona that breaks down and just helps you get a little bit of clarity. And you might have a few of those, but it just makes it easier to target something that I just keep saying connect, but you want to emotionally connect. I think that's the biggest thing that we miss out on in social media is that emotional connection rather than just like, here's this pretty thing and you should buy it or the service or whatever. Totally. And I think just going back on what you said, which I know you didn't really mean to say because it wasn't part of the question, but um, <laughs> when you're thinking about uh, connecting with different, the different types of audience and consumers that you have, that also ties into the, the platforms that you're using. I think when people say social media, everyone just thinks of Instagram automatically, mm -hmm. but I think that people forget that there's a ton of other social platforms that depending on the demographic of the people that is more popular and more effective when reaching out to the customers or audience or whatever. Totally, totally. Um, and so for businesses, because everyone knows they need social media um, and we can use Instagram specifically if that's easier, <laughs> but where would you suggest people start with using social media to grow their business? So the types of posts, how many times they should be posting, like mm -hmm. what is your recommendation for businesses usually? Yeah. So in terms of actually like physically posting on the feed, I always suggest, I always suggest that three is kind of a nice medium you know it's not like super overwhelming and also i think too there's a little bit less need for like the daily posts like i know probably when you started when i started it was like you had to be there every single day and now we have so many mediums even just on instagram to connect with people so really taking your feed and using that as like value packed as much as possible so if you can be explaining you know what you do or giving people tips things that they can maybe save to hold on to later things that they want to share with their friends those are all really positive and then utilizing stories i think is something that people miss out on big time especially in businesses like that is your opportunity to show the behind the scenes even things like birthdays and showing how you as a team function together showing the the funny like quirky things that you have as a team uh, i think stories is huge so implementing that as much as possible i think is probably one of the biggest things and then we also have video and IGT, IGTV and live and then reels. And I know it's a lot. So I think even just making sure that you're utilizing some of those extra tools that Instagram has for you. So, and doubling up if you can repurpose things. So you take a live and then that can become an IGTV or maybe you take a snippet of that and that turns into a feed post. So even being mindful in having kind of your big picture. So we talk about like the three pillars that you want to be known for. This is the information that your people will always be coming back to you for. And then if you can kind of take that bigger picture and kind of plunk it into a calendar of like, this is what I'd like to talk about. Here's how I can bring that to light and building out a plan from there. It's a lot though. I hope, hopefully that made some sense, but. No, I think so. And I think that that ties into how to tell your story because I think the more not the more platforms you use, but the type of content that you're using, even like you said, specifically on Instagram, if you're using a feed post for a specific value, stories for kind of behind the scene, 
IGTV or reels for going more in depth of whatever mm -hmm. it is you're trying to say. I think that really helps with telling your story without having to overthink that part of it because it can mm -hmm. be hard. You're like, I don't have a story. I don't know what to do. But as soon as you start sharing content with those different mediums, especially mm -hmm. video, because I feel like that really lets people get a glimpse into behind the scenes because it's not so edited. It's not so like there's no filter on it. Usually it's mm -hmm. much more mm -hmm. real. So I feel like yeah. that can really help with businesses being able to tell that story um, without really trying. Like obviously you should have a strategy behind it, but I think that that's a good place to start. No, totally. And I think we can go the opposite way too, where we overthink things so much that you kind of become cookie cutter. And so I like try and catch myself with that too, when it's like, you're supposed to be doing this and your competitors are doing this and you're kind of taking in so much information that you forget to just share the journey. And I think um, Gary Vee talks all the time about like document, don't create, you know? So taking that pressure off yourself that you have to be like reinventing the wheel with everything. It's like, once you kind of move into creator mindset, then everything becomes a piece of content. I feel like you start to look at life a little differently and it's all like the mini lessons that you can teach people or even within businesses you start to see the things that happen from day to day what are what are questions that people continuously ask when they're in your business and turning that into content so you just absorb everything around you and kind of flip it over into content maybe it's the best way to put it totally and i think people think that no one cares and maybe they don't like really care, but people love seeing those behind the scenes, like mm -hmm. non moments. And I think if we've like learned anything from the Kardashians and the show that has made such a huge thing is that you watch an episode and you don't really feel like you got anything out of it. You don't really know what they did. And yet yeah. you're still <laughs> excited for like the next episode. Like it's the weirdest mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think even if you like or don't like them, I think they've done a really good job in showing that people just want to see what you're doing and what your thoughts are. And obviously none of us are living a life like that, but they're not really doing that, like mm -hmm. that exciting of things. It's just, right. they do it on yeah. a different scale than we do. But mm -hmm. I think everyone just wants to know what people are doing and mm -hmm. how they're feeling. And it doesn't need to be super exciting. It just needs to be real. Yeah, totally. And we all pull different things from that, like depending on what you're going through, where you're at, people pull inspiration from the weirdest stuff sometimes, or you get responses to things and you're like, oh, I almost didn't post that because it didn't look good enough or like that those types of things happen so often that it's like there really is value to so much of that and I think what you're talking about too in terms of people just wanting to get down to the realness that's I think the amazing part of social media whether you're a business or a personal brand is like all we want is connection and this gives us such an amazing opportunity to just show who we are and connect as human beings instead of this pedestal of what we're all supposed to be yeah totally and I think when you look at analytics especially I know from like and you'll know as well from like a client perspective mm -hmm. it's hard to get people to follow businesses in the first place because mm -hmm. nobody really wants to but when you look at the analytics of the posts that they do and let me know what you think about your clients but I always find that the posts that are faces of who's working there or a story of like how they founded this with like the founder's photo or something that's very mm -hmm. personal. Those posts always do a billion times better. And like 100%. sometimes you do have to talk about your services, your products or whatever. But I think mm -hmm. that just from the numbers, it shows that that's what people want to read and consume and connect with. Mm -hmm. I think if they're going to actually genuinely buy into following you as who you are as people, that's the part that they're 
there for. And then the products become that much more appealing as they get to know somebody, you know, like I think we've all experienced that even with everything going down and wanting to purchase local and there's meaning to that. And so how you express yourself through social is really like providing that meaning and connection with people. Totally. And I think we might've touched on it a little bit throughout this whole conversation already, but um, just to summarize, how does a brand story translate into creating value for the audience? If you just want to like go through that, just so people can really Mm -hmm. understand what you're trying to say. I think it humanizes people is probably like the word that comes to mind is it it humanizes us and gives us a way to relate to one another on a deeper level and to have even things like, for example, um, not only what the product is or the services, that's really great, but the belief system behind that group of people. So you know, like what charities they support or if they're like, I'm thinking of misguided for, for example, and they went in a place where kind of be, I feel like ahead of the the curve a little bit in terms of showing stretch marks and cellulite and just really owning people's bodies. So aside from the fact that, you know, there may be a little less expensive and you can order online and all of that, there's that woman empowerment message that goes along with everything that they do. So I think social media is really, and the storytelling part of it is really like the meat behind the actual people. And that's what we all connect to as human beings. At the end of the day, I think a lot of us, like people buy from people, you know? And so you're giving them that connection that you don't have on a billboard or on a 30 second commercial. You don't have that opportunity um, to try to find a different word for connect, but that's what it keeps coming <laughs> back. It's all connection, right? So. Yeah, totally. And for people that are listening to this and maybe struggling to figure out how to make that connection or don't really know what value they're offering, mm-hmm. what questions should they ask themselves to start to figure that out? Yeah, I think so. So many times I think a lot of us kind of know deep down what we want to do or what we're interested in, but it doesn't seem real or it doesn't seem tangible enough but it always is because the things that come easiest to us are what we're most able to help other people with. And almost it feels too easy that we're like, no, that can't be a thing. So I would say like, what do people naturally come to you for? Like what if your friends are going out and they're always asking you for advice on what to wear, like that's a good idea right there. If people are come to you when they're really upset, then that's a really great idea there. Like if you are really great at helping people problem solve and journal out their issues. Um, I I think just the things that most naturally come to us that we do in our day to day, but you just automatically kind of deflect it as not being that important because you're too good at it really. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I think like a good example, like one that came to my mind as you were talking about that is um, the Go Clean Go, I think that's what they're called, uh, cleaning company in Calgary. Okay. Yeah. Um, Have you heard of them? No, I don't, I don't oh, think so. Okay. Well, they, <laughs> let me try. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> I didn't even actually realize they were in Calgary because their account is huge, but what they've done is shown people how to clean very like specific things in their house that you wouldn't know mm-hmm. how to clean. So they have this mm-hmm. like really popular, like, uh, I don't know what the term is because I actually haven't done it, but I've, it's on my list to <laughs> do, but you like yeah. soak your clothes in the bathtub, like all night in like a specific mm-hmm. like solution. And it like, yes 
really cleans it. And that I think is what launched a lot of it because people do it and they tag them. But I looked through their I've stories. I've seen people do this. Totally. Think, okay. So it was like I, their yeah. company that oh, no like way. put it on okay. social media and something that I'm right. sure they were like, well, like idiots don't know how to clean their clothes, you right. know, but it's like, <laughs> well, how would you know if you've never done it? And, mm-hmm. and so they, their highlights are just like everything you could possibly need to know about cleaning anything. Like I had asked oh. my stories, like how better to clean my makeup brushes. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm doing this wrong. And someone's yeah. like, oh, you should go look at like Go Clean Go's stories. And they literally have like this like five minute segment that's very specific on how to clean your makeup brushes right. properly. And yeah. so I think that is a really good example of taking something really mundane, but also their expertise. And they would think it's really straightforward. And even cleaning seems really straightforward, but they're mm-hmm. providing so much value and giving like tips and tricks and life hacks. And then it's one of those things where like, yes, I could clean my whole house following their instructions or I could just mm-hmm. hire them and they could do it for me. But like, right. I appreciate mm-hmm. the value in case I do need just like a last minute tip for how to clean like my shower better or something. Right. So I think they've done yeah. a really, really good job in mm-hmm. making that connection and making it accessible to everybody, but then also using social media to grow that way and making that right. like authentic community. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I feel like it's everywhere and that's why I keep coming to my head and I don't even mean to like, promote them because I've never <laughs> like paid for their services. Yeah, but I just, yeah. I appreciate people that know how to use social media mm-hmm. well. And it's just a good example for people that are starting out using social media and don't quite know what to do with their expertise, especially like, as you said, if people think it's boring or like no one cares, but mm-hmm. I think there's always value you can offer people because we have to do all of these boring things in our lives. Right. Exactly. Um, and what are some of the tools or resources that you use on a daily basis, um, either for your clients or for your own like time management or doing your own social? Ooh, this is fun. Okay. So definitely Canva is life for everything. It's so, so good. Um, so that's where I use to make any graphics or downloads, PDFs for like opt-ins, that kind of thing. Um, so highly, highly recommend Canva. Later is probably another one that I use quite a bit, both in terms of planning like client feeds, even just storing caption ideas, that kind of thing. Um, It's a nice all-in-one platform for auto-posting, scheduling stories, that kind of thing. And then I would say Asana is probably my new recent favorite. And I just keep all of my mind in Asana basically. So if I have ideas for captions, then I'm tending to put them in Asana and just keeping like a really long list of everything. And I can take that and then build it out into either a video or a post or a live and just having one spot for all of my ideas to go and then being able to map out how I'm going to put them into life is Asana. So love that. And do you find, this is a personal question, (laughs) selfishly for me, because I've tried tools like that, like not like kind of like project management tools, I guess is what Mm -hmm. they are. But because it's just me, I find that I'm spending a lot of time like inserting the data when I could really just use that time to like do the stuff. So how did you like make that commitment? Like, is it just more organized or like, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I think honestly, for me, it's just more organized. I'm one of those people who has like notebooks everywhere and then I journal so that it's like you get an idea in your journal and then in this notebook and trying to find all of that and compile it together so Asana has a really good mobile feature 
And so I find it's just, instead of using like notes or something like that, I'll just pop it in there. And then I just make it really streamlined. Like I'm not spending a ton of time doing like subtasks and all these different things, but just like, here's a column of ideas. And then I'll have like posts, newsletters, YouTube. And I just kind of like string it along the process, if that makes sense. But I know what you mean. Cause I, I love planning and I can get very much caught up in the planning of things rather than the doing of things. So I get that. I feel like you're a doer though, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am. And like, like I probably should spend that. more yeah. time planning because I'm just like doing and doing and I like kind of lose my like path of why I'm mm-hmm. doing all of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I do need like an actual something because I'm the same. I have like a notebook and I have other notebooks and then post-its and like they're everywhere. So mm-hmm. maybe I do need mm-hmm. like a hub for all of that yeah. to keep me like It's nice to just track. have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have it in one spot is good. Cool. Um, yeah, that was very selfish because I just always am interested in how people are organizing <laughs> their lives. Um, but let's jump into personal branding and mindset because I know that that is obviously tied into what you do, um, mm-hmm. but also very helpful for not only business owners, but just everybody in general. So do you want to talk about how your personal brand has evolved over the last couple of years? Yeah. So it's taken some curves, <laughs> which I think, I think that's actually one of the cool things about personal branding is when you start to make that connection on a personal level with people who really are just interested in you and, and about you. And not only because of you as the person, but you're trying to offer up parts of your life that are maybe valuable to other people. So I went from way over in makeup land (laughs) to then starting to get a little bit more into mindset and habits. And then I've just recently started um, adding a little bit more in about social media and personal branding and kind of use that instead of having two separate pages for my business. Um, So it's taken a lot of turns and it's scary to do that. But I think that really honoring the people in your community and having that connection with them kind of helps steer you along the way because you get feedback on what they like to see or what they don't like to see and it helps guide things um I still I feel like it's still evolving and probably always will be evolving but yeah totally I think that's always like a good thing you don't ever want to get stuck in a place Mm -hmm. um even if it is like overwhelming that you're never in one place and it just keeps Mm -hmm. evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, And how do you decide what type of content to create? Because I know like you do Instagram and YouTube and I'm sure all of your like PDFs and freebies and all that kind of stuff. Um, So how do you decide that and what does your content process look like? Yeah. So I've been trying, here's the thing. I feel like I have two conflicting answers to this because on one hand I am trying to be a little bit more, I don't want to say strategic, but planned in terms of what I'm creating and when and how I'd like it to go out um, just to support more of like the business aspect of things, I think. But in terms of what I share, it's usually kind of personal, to be honest. And like what you get these little gifts from life that you're just like that I need to talk about and you feel it emotionally. And so I think a lot of my content stems from there. If I go through a hard time and I find something that really helped me, then I'll try and break that down into like, okay, what, how did it actually help me? And how can I make this like consumable for other people so that it helps them? Um, So it was kind of like I was saying before, where everything starts to become content when you look at it from a certain 
perspective. So I think I'm constantly absorbing all of the things and then it's just trying to make it quickly enough, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so in terms of the process of actually doing that, I find that I have a ton of ideas all of the time in terms of captions and the harder part for me is the visuals. So that's something that I'm always wanting to strive to get better at is uh, the content creation, the photography, like you're so, I look at your page and I'm just like, I just need to know <laughs> how to do that. Um, so that's something that's a little bit more difficult. I usually start with a long list of captions and then I work into creating the visual to go along with that. Um, and then with videos, I usually have a pretty good idea of what I want to talk about, but same thing there. It's usually experiences that I have or ways that I think maybe I could help people and then breaking that down into an outline and then putting that together with visuals. Visuals is always my last part, I guess. Right. That's interesting. And I know you kind of mentioned it before, but do you use the same idea for like your Instagram post and your YouTube and your TikTok? Like, do you tend to have one idea and then you spread it out across all platforms? I've been trying to do that a little bit more because I feel like it takes the feeling of being on a hamster wheel out a little bit if you can take one idea and spread it across all of the different platforms. Um, so I've been a lot better with that recently with just kind of picking like an overall theme if there's something that's really spoken to me and then turning that into different content pieces. Um, so yeah. We're, we're on that direction now. I feel like I started out, especially with TikTok, when, when TikTok first started, I just kind of jumped on and did whatever and tried to jump on trends and stuff. And I find myself really overthinking things a lot recently. So yeah, honestly, I haven't been creating as much as, as I should be because I just get stuck in my brain sometimes. So I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if someone wants to grow their personal brand online, where should they start? After you say all of that, um, <laughs> where should someone start if they haven't, they probably have social media, but they want to develop their personal brand to either make it into a business or do it, become an influencer or all those other mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, so I think starting off, figuring out your three pillars, which is essentially the, the three things that people are going to come to you for or know you are all about. Uh, I think we're all kind of multi-passionate these days. So it's really hard. And I think we feel a lot of pressure of like, how do I like niche down or niche or however you say it. But I know I feel like a lot of pressure around that too. So I think take that pressure off, but just be like, what are the things that I could passionately talk about over and over and over again? And provide value around. And once you have those kind of nailed down, then you can take a look at your calendar and be like, okay, so if I wanted to post three times a week, you could literally, if you were to be that structured with it, take one of those three pillars and create a piece of content around each one of those three times a week. And there you have your like basic posting schedule. Um, so I think the main things are getting clear on what you want to talk about and then getting clear on who you're trying to connect that to um, so that comes through in the voice of everything that you're creating. Right. And no, I think that's a great idea. And I think that people need to really think about what they want to post about, like what their three pillars are, because I think it can be really easy to be influenced by what you're seeing that other people are doing. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. I can do that's me. I can do it. But really, you're just doing it as like a, an imitation of what other people are doing. And so mm -hmm. 
actually posting about what you like, even if you feel like it's not like the trendiest or the coolest at the moment, um, mm-hmm. because it can obviously it'll get lost in all of the other content, but also you, you won't want to create all of that content. Like it seems easy mm-hmm. for the first like few months, but if you're not really into whatever it is that you've chosen as your pillars, then mm-hmm. your content will just like die out slowly. Yeah. And I think that's how you die also in like comparison. And if you're constantly looking at other people and like, well, they did that. So I should try and do that. And you really do. I think that's when I personally will start feeling crappy about myself. Like I really have to watch that in terms of even just like our industry and seeing other people where I'm like, Oh, I really want to create a business like that. And so you start looking at like, okay, well, what do they write in their captions and what are they doing for this? And it becomes very overwhelming or even in the visuals, like that's probably what I'm most insecure about. And so I see these people with these like incredible, beautiful feeds and I can very quickly start to feel like I'm not measuring up. Um, So yeah, I totally agree. I think just knowing what you're really passionate about and connecting to that and just kind of trying your best to stay in your own lane, you know, and know that there's value in that. Totally. And I, yeah, I think it's hard. And I think it's hard for everybody because you spend so much time on social media consuming other people's content Mm -hmm. to not compare what you're doing to everybody Mm -hmm. else. Um, And I think one of the other obstacles that people face is the fear of what other people are going to think about them when they Mm -hmm. share stuff online. I think especially, I mean, I still feel it sometimes, but especially at the beginning when people haven't really started sharing, they're worried about what everyone's going to think. And Mm -hmm. so how did you overcome that personally? And what are your advice for people? Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, when I first started my personal page, I didn't tell anybody that I knew. I just like went off and started posting makeup stuff. And it was like this secret life that I had. Not saying I would necessarily suggest that, but when people that I like clients and stuff that I talk to more in a coaching basis, when they talk about these things and I ask them like, who is it that you're worried about? It's normally the people that are closest to us, oddly enough. You know, it's not, we're not worried about the people that we're trying to help or inspire or influence in whatever way. Those aren't the people that we're tripped out about judging us. It's the people who are closest to us or friends of a friend that we think are going to be like, oh, like, who is that person? So I think if you just keep in mind that like, that's not who you're creating for at the end of the day, Your friends and family are great, but you'll probably find that they're actually not the people who are most supportive either, (laughs) you know, like, um, I think that once you kind of get to a certain level and you start feeling those genuine connections with people who don't know you, like, that's where you really know that you have something. So keeping that in mind that that's who you're trying to reach, that's who you're trying to help and inspire. And it's not, it's not the people closest to us. So however you can, if you need to secretly do it, then... (laughs) (laughs) yeah what I was even gonna say which I again I haven't personally done but if you like have to block those people so they don't see your content and don't comment on it then that's what you need to do because like you said mm-hmm. it's not for like your mom or your uncle or your like childhood friend that you don't talk mm-hmm. to anymore so if like they're yeah. really getting in the way of you creating that content then just don't mm-hmm. let them see it and like mm-hmm. it sounds harsh but like got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, I've been way more like striking people away, like not even unfollowing people, but just like removing followers. If there's people who just make me uncomfortable or they have those kind of 
they send you messages with that weird undertone that just doesn't make you feel good. I'm just like, no, I'm, if there's too much at stake and there's, it's hard enough to just feel confident in who you are on your own, that I think if there are people that are feeding into those feelings in any way, then it's just like, yeah, be a little bit ruthless with that. I've been, I've been getting there. <laughs> totally. And you actually feel so much better. Like when you don't see those people or they're not yes. around, you, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't realize you're not seeing them, but then you also feel better and it's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and on that line, I think another limiting mindset is imposter syndrome. And I know you've talked about it on your platform. Um, I've talked about it on mine. I think everybody has felt it at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to talk about just how you've dealt with that and overcome it and how you work through it? Cause I know I'm sure you're still dealing with it, um, at some point, especially as like you evolve your brand. And I find that as well, like the more you're sharing, the more you're, you feel like you're unqualified to share. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I totally agree that I feel like every time you level up in your life in whatever way you're going to face that. And it's almost a sign that you're probably doing something right, to be honest, because if you're getting out of your comfort zone and having to deal with that feeling, it means that you're making moves. So first of all, I think if we can look at it that way of like, okay, this is maybe a sign that I'm on the right path instead of on the wrong path, that would be positive. And then next up is, I can't remember where I heard this, so I can't take credit for it, but they said that you only need to know 10% more than the people that you're teaching or that you're trying to help in whatever way. And so if you think of it that way, you know, we're not like, I'm not out here trying to teach the social media gurus how to be great on social media and build a brand. That's not who I'm trying to reach. So there's always going to be people that you can offer value to. And kind of going back to what we said before, that the things that come easily to us and maybe feel like, oh, I don't know enough. I don't, it's, it's like there's people that just don't understand that at all. And this is mind blowing information to them. You know, I'll have conversations with clients even about, hashtags or storytelling and they're just like mind blown and I'm like oh I feel like this is such common knowledge that I don't even have the right to be talking about it because it doesn't mean anything to anybody but it always does um so yeah I think that one-liner is probably what helps me through the most is like you only need to know 10% more and there's a hundred percent people that know 10% less than you on whatever topic that you're that you're talking about right yeah that's actually really interesting I've never heard it said that way but I think maybe it's just like it helps logically think about it when you can like Mm -hmm. quantify it yeah yeah. (laughs) 10% seems small so you're like oh okay like that's not that's not as overwhelming and even if you think Mm -hmm. about it you're like well obviously you're not going to know 100% more than anybody else like everyone Mm -hmm. knows a little bit of everything um so yeah no I do like how that's worded it makes you feel more comfortable in like sharing what you have to say and then I think it goes Mm -hmm. back again to who your target audience is and you're sharing towards them. And if they get something out of it, then that's the goal. And if the people that already know or need to correct you or like be like, Oh, well you forgot to talk about this. Like those, Mm -hmm. I mean, people are just going to be know-it-alls so you Mm -hmm. can't like help it with, with them. But Mm -hmm. remembering like that you're trying to help the people that don't know the 10% that you do know. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. And I think you might've mentioned this at the beginning actually, but how important is consistency when it comes to growing an online brand or presence? 
honestly, I feel like consistency is everything. And the way that I always explain it is like, if you think of your favorite TV show or YouTuber, how invested would you be if they only showed up like once every three months? You just, you really don't have that ability to connect and invest in somebody or in a story if you're only hearing a little piece of that like once every few months. So I think I kind of relate it back to the storytelling aspect of like just showing up and being there to be of value and to tell the story and you have to be present in order to do that. So whether that's on stories because you're feeling super, super overwhelmed with stuff on your feed or just having a way that you can show up even minimally when you're feeling a little bit drained, I think is important. Um, I go through really bad bouts where I go all in and I'm like, hey, I'm here, I'm every day, like next level. And then I burn out really badly though and I just kind of disappear off for a while. And so it's it's an ongoing struggle. Um, but I think if you can kind of set some main guidelines that you would like to reach and everything else is just kind of a bonus onto that, and that's a good way to go about it. But yeah, we're like your brand or you are kind of like the author of your story. So if you're not there to tell it, nobody's going to read it or watch it or follow along. So give them a reason to, I guess, is the best way to put it. Totally. And, and I think you've done a really good job in like when you show up, but then I think, and I don't know if it's on purpose or because you're like being more aware of it, but then you are still showing up and explaining why you don't feel like showing up or why mm-hmm. it is it is like you are burnt out or it's becoming too overwhelming and I think that's really important as well to like show up like you said consistently but then share your whole story and don't just mm-hmm. show up when it's great and share that story but just mm-hmm. update people as you go because I think that's what people want to relate to and mm-hmm. and is much more relatable anyways than to the really high points of life because that comes and goes but yeah. for the most part people are struggling with probably the same types of things if they're already following you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's nice, honestly, like those are times too, where I think you really get that genuine uh, connection with people. And and that's oftentimes where you really relate and you're like, oh, they're supportive and you feel that and you have the ability to show that support back and just we're all human. And I think in all of the madness that's been going on, lately it's like we just finally have that feeling like we're all in this together and so the more that we can be open and share like the good times and the bad like we're inspiring when we're in the good times and when we're in the low times like we're all just trudging through this fucking madness (laughs) together you know um yeah that's like that's the magic of social media and that's what I always like to come back to is just that crazy power that it has to bring us together when we do it in the right way Totally. And I think then you do find that support and like, obviously you shouldn't rely on it or use it as like a confidence booster Mm -hmm. or like you should obviously have other means of support and letting out what you have to say. But I think it is a great place that if you feel like you're alone and you say something, then there's always somebody who's like, oh yeah, me too. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's not weird or it's not crazy that this is the way I'm feeling. And I think social media is really great for that because if you're Like if your partner or your friends aren't necessarily going through that, it can be hard for them to relate to you. But then on social Mm -hmm. media, you can find someone who's like running a business who burnt out and now you can kind of like figure it out together or, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think that um, is why it's so important to 
share everything and be consistent and show up because you do mm-hmm. find that community that can relate to you. Totally. And those are the lessons too. Like those are like the most impactful things when you kind of come out on the other side and you can be like, Whoa, that was heavy, but this is how I got through it. And thanks for your support or whatever it is. Like those are where like the main lessons that come is like, you have to have the dark to see the light and that's like everything, you know? And so I think when we harness that darkness for lack of a better word, um, in making it meaningful, then again, it's just how we all come together as human beings. So. Totally. No, I love that. And I hate to kill the vibe with talking with about data, but um, I just wanted to ask how people can use analytics and feedback to help their brand grow. Cause I know that's something that um, you share with people and use for your own clients. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think really looking for trends is probably the best part of analytics, like being able to look at things from a really outside perspective and just see what people really resonate with and what they don't. And then using that to your favor in terms of what you create or how you create even little things. Like I've noticed that, um, recently if I make kind of like a list, it seems like people like lists (laughs) or like the infographics where you have maybe not your whole caption written in the caption, but you're taking bits and pieces of that and putting it into an infographic. Um, you kind of start to see what people are sharing or even, okay, I'm going on a ramble now, but there's, there's different things that we can measure, right? So sometimes you see something that gets a lot of likes, which a lot of times will be like your face or whatever, like things with people in it, we know perform better, but then there's things that maybe people don't like as much, but they shared a bunch or they saved a bunch. And so you can see not just that like, like and comment count, but like where things mean something to a person in different ways. Does that make sense? I feel like that's kind of a weird way to (laughs) explain it. Um, But yeah, just like different value measurements as well, I guess is the best way. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think as like, as much as I hate that Instagram took away some of the likes, like I can still see likes, but lots of my accounts can't. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So it's kind of like this point is a little bit irrelevant because I can see likes, but I think Mm -hmm. the fact that Instagram wanted to take away likes just solidifies what you just said is that that's not necessarily the greatest way to measure something and it does say Mm -hmm. something like obviously sometimes you do want to see how many people actually like tap the photo but Mm -hmm. there are different meanings behind what people are doing with the content that you Mm -hmm. are sharing yeah totally and even if it's frustrating yeah sorry (laughs) no no totally yeah um even things that are maybe more personal or like meaningful if you can see maybe people don't want to comment and talk about that hardship that they're going through but they you know you see that they've saved it and so maybe that connected on a way that they don't want to spread it to the world or be like you know talking in the comments about whatever it is but that it connected with them in whatever way um i think that's a good one i kind of it bums am i the only one so it kind of weirds me out that they took likes away And I think only one of the things is like from an analytical point of view where that was also a way that we could substantiate when people are faking shit. And that's like one of my biggest pet peeves, you know? So I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's maybe why it bothers me so much, but I don't really get that. And then you have reels come on where we can see that information. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And because like, can you see 
I should know this, but can you see the views on Reels or is that a personal? Oh no, you can, because when you're on the like main feed. Yeah, so you Mm -hmm. can see literally everything about the Reel. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even like realize. I think guess same thing because I can see likes. It didn't occur to me that like you can see them on Reels and not post. Although maybe, I wonder if it's just us then. Oh, maybe maybe we should look through someone (laughs) else's account. (laughs) I wonder, weird. But yeah, I know I do. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying because I think, I mean, that is a whole other conversation with like (laughs) comment pods and like having fake likes and all of that to Mm -hmm, grow mm -hmm. your brand. But, but yeah, no, that is a good point actually is that, and I always judge somebody based on their likes actually as well. It really frustrates me when I, when I'm on a different account and I can't see the likes. So I'm like, I just want to see where this is like ranging in Mm -hmm, the likes mm -hmm. or like, do I know that you somehow got fake like, like it is, it's a very yeah. interesting yeah. measurement. And I guess I'm probably not using that as like a business measurement, but just as like a social experiment measurement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And it, maybe our brains work differently. In, yeah. Maybe. A little bit more <laughs> because we're like a little more, uh, there's more at stake, I guess, maybe in a certain sense. I think when you try really hard though, to genuinely build something it's hard not to be frustrated when you see people doing that and I've been trying really really hard to not let that get to me and not be I don't know but it does it's like that's kind of why I named my business social integrity is like if you're wanting like the fast likes and you want to just blow up your account in vanity metrics like I'm not your girl like that's not what I'm here for so I don't know, maybe that's why it gets under my skin, but I gotta let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, but it's hard. And like you said, you put a lot of work into all this content and for it not to like do as well or not have those numbers that people are then looking at can be really frustrating. And I also Mm -hmm. find that it, for the people who aren't as involved, obviously as we are in it, but even like clients that I get are potential clients and they want those metrics. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, well, if I hire you, can I have like 10,000 followers in three months. I'm like, if I knew how to get that many followers, I wouldn't be here hiring you. Like I wouldn't have to hire me. I would be a million follower account and I would totally work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think that that's really frustrating and that, Mm -hmm. and maybe that is just more like education to the general public about social media, or maybe that's just not something people think about unless they're involved in the industry like we are, but it, it can be frustrating. And I think that actually just ties into everything that we've talked about with not feeling like what you're sharing is worth it or Mm -hmm. um, being worried about what other people are going to think. I think those numbers have been ingrained in us to tie those two things together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard too, because even when it comes to analytics, it's like you want to judge the analytics, but then like not so hard that it just totally defeats you or that everything is so calculated. Like I find myself having to kind of find a balance between the two because you want to look at that and see how things are performing. But I think you can also lose the heart of what you're doing if you focus too much on that. And I think people really pick up on that. Like when I feel super pumped about whatever I have to say, there's a different response to it than just like, ah, I got to get a post up. And like, you know, like you're looking at that more analytical mindset of it all. So yeah, I guess that's the thing too, is like whatever you're doing, it just has to come from the heart or there has to be like that like personal meaning to you for it to really translate to other people regardless of the likes or the follows or whatever 
because even you see people who like kill it. And I've thought about this even in terms of what I teach people, like having social media kind of ingrained into what I'm talking about. And there's a certain part of me that I think is fearful because I don't want to just be the social media girl forever, you know? And so there's, do you know who Vanessa Lau is? Um, no. Okay. Anyways, so she went from like, she blew up basically over the last little bit, but it's all super, super like applicable social media tips and content and stuff like that. And I feel like I can see in her that she wants to talk about different things, but when you're so known for that one thing, you know, like you can kind of get boxed in. So I, I think it kind of comes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's just like, you have to really like what you're talking about and be creating things based on what you're really interested in. Because if you're only looking at it for like the end result or the numbers or whatever, like eventually you're going to run out of steam. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think you can Random ramble. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I love it. And, and I feel like, I feel like people should hear these types of conversations. Cause I think that like, I have these types of conversations all the time with people because it is something that we're dealing with all the time as content creators and, and trying mm -hmm. to figure out what we're supposed to post. Um, but I think allowing yourself to evolve because I think the same thing. I was like, Oh, well I could post social media tips, but like I also want to post fitness tips, but I don't want to make fitness videos. But then I want to post about like my, you know, like you kind of get in this like weird, but then I'm like, but I'm not posting about makeup. Like I'm like, well, maybe if I just don't do that, then I'm okay with posting everything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think it has to be, again, like we said, like what you want to post. Cause I went through this really weird like brand transition where I started posting about like football and sports and I right, didn't even yeah. mean to do it. And the first time I posted, people kind of freaked out and I was like, well, I don't know guys. I'm like, I thought it was cool, but maybe it's not cool. Yeah. But then it's been a couple of years now and people like are looking for that type of content. And it's also mm -hmm. allowed me to like integrate like Chris into my content and more right. of what I'm actually doing on the weekends as opposed mm -hmm. to not that's not what I was posting before, but I think it's more of like my real life and how my life has evolved. Mm -hmm. But I, I have thought about it. I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't post about any of that because like, it's not really what I started with, but, mm -hmm. but I enjoy posting it. And if people don't want to like it, then I mean, I guess they have to unfollow yeah. me, but. And now that's become part of you and it's not weird when we see it. It's just, that's part of your brand. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier too is like we get so tripped out on like even talking about like the three pillars like what do you kind of want to be known for it's like you can get so much pressure on yourself around that but like even things so for example I don't talk about makeup anymore like I'm not giving you a breakdown of like step by step but I'll talk about how I love makeup because it makes me feel more confident and I show up better or you know I feel more confident in meetings or going live or doing these things so it's like you can still talk about all of these things that you're really passionate about but kind of have it come full circle back into those main topics if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally and then you can kind of incorporate everything that you like while still keeping those like niche pillars if that's mm -hmm. easier to like structure your content so people kind of know what right. to expect from you yeah exactly yeah amazing well I do feel like we kind of rambled but I think <laughs> that it's all really important for people to understand Good. Good. what goes behind all the content um but that was kind of the last question that I had for you so do you want to just share where people can find you connect with you um your courses all the things that you have yeah for sure for sure um so you can find me 
everywhere, essentially, as Megan Krepikevich. So Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. But yeah, that's pretty much my main ones right now. <laughs> and I do have a social media 101 course. It's more Instagram based, um, but it's just a self-paced course. It's $25 and that you can find on my website, which is www.socialintegrity.ca. And I'm happy to connect with you there. Book the call. We can have a free discovery call and chat our lives. And yeah, hope to see you there. Amazing. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing everything. It was really helpful and I hope everyone got something out of it. Okay. Thanks for having me.